Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Amos chapter 2. Amos chapter 2, Judgment Against Moab. This is what the Lord says, Because of three sins of Moab, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, because they burn the bones of the king of Edom to make lime. So I will send fire against Moab, and it will consume the citadels of Kirioth. Moab will die in an uproar, with a battle cry, with a blast of a ram's horn. I will cut off the judge from her midst, and I will kill all her officials with him. The Lord has spoken. Judgment against Judah. This is what the Lord says. Because of three sins of Judah, because of four, I will not hold back judgment. Because they rejected the law of the Lord, and they did not keep his statutes. Their lying idols led them astray, the idols that their, fa- that their fathers followed. So I will send fire against Judah, and it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. Judgment against Israel. This is what the Lord says. Because of three sins of Israel, because of four, I will not hold back judgment. Because they sell the righteous for silver, and the needy for a pair of sandals. They trample the heads of the poor into the dust of the earth, and they turn aside the claims of the oppressed. A man and his father go to the same young woman. In this way they profane my holy name. They stretch themselves out beside every altar. On pieces of clothing they seized as collateral. In the temple of their gods they drink wine obtained through fines. I was the one who destroyed the Amorites in front of them, the Amorites who were as tall as cedars, who were as strong as oaks. I destroyed their fruit above and their roots below. I myself brought you up from the land of Egypt, and I led you in the wilderness for forty years, so that you would take possession of the land of the Amorites. I raised up some of your sons to be prophets, and some of your best young men to be Nazarites. Is this not so, you people of Israel, declares the Lord? But you made the Nazarites drink wine, and you commanded the prophets, You must not prophesy. Look, I am weighed down under you, just as a cart is weighed down when it is loaded with sheaves of grain. Look, I am weighed down under you, just as a cart is weighed down when it is loaded with sheaves of grain. There will be no escape for the swift runner. The powerful man will not be able to exert his strength, and the strong warrior will not be able to save his own life. The archer will not stand his ground, the swift runner will not save himself, and the horseman will not save his own life. The most courageous among the warriors will flee naked on that day, declares the Lord. This is the word of our God. Amos continues his stunning indictment of all the countries surrounding Israel. And remember, he is coming from the south. This is during the time of the divided kingdom. The ten tribes in the north have broken off, and they have been apostate from day one. The two tribes in the south that comprise the kingdom of Judah have had a couple of good kings, and they have sometimes followed the Lord. But even then, but even then, they have been far from perfect, as Amos says here. And as he continues his indictment of all the countries surrounding Israel... Amos has been building up to the words that he reserves for the nation of Israel. And you'll notice that it is 
significantly longer than all the others, 10 verses instead of the normal two or three or four. But when he talks about Moab, first of all, Moab just to the right of the Dead Sea, if you have that in your mind, um, just to the east of the Dead Sea, Moab is being called out for war crimes committed against Israel's arch enemy, Edom. Um, God isn't plain favorites here. He has the same standard of judgment for all these nations, all these countries. And Moab had done something terrible, and God holds is going to be holding them accountable for it. That God isn't just some local deity. He is a powerful God who watches over the entire world, and he holds people accountable. Then when we had the, the nation of Judah, uh, because of three sins of Judah, because of four, I will not hold back judgment, they rejected the law of the Lord. They did not keep his statutes. Their lying idols led them astray, the idols that their fathers followed. Of all the, of all the words that Amos has had thus far, Judah demonstrates a turn, a pivot, a change, um, because the primary thing that God holds them accountable for is the fact that they have not held on to the word of God, the fact that they have not listened to the word of God, they did not keep his statutes. And yes, part of that plays out in their civic life, in their moral life, that they had broken and strayed from the moral law of God. But the primary thing that Amos really pulls out when we talk about Judah is their idolatry that they follow the same idols that their fathers and forefathers followed. And as a result of their idolatry, God says that he will send fire against Judah and it will consume the citadels of Jerusalem. And roughly 150 to 200 years later, that happened when the Babylonians came and burned down Jerusalem and took the rest of the southern kingdom into exile over a period of years. And then we get to Israel. And you could imagine, um, even if this is just kind of a summary, a summary statement where Amos recorded the sermons that he had preached, um, even if the book of Amos doesn't include all the words, you know, all 20 minutes or 30 minutes of a sermon, he condenses it down. But he condenses it down very poetically, and he condenses it down without without missing any of the judgment and without watering down the message at all. Um, because of three sin, because of three sins of Israel, because of four, I will not hold back judgment. And the words that he has here, um, talking about the sort of disgust and disgusting activity that is unseen even among the pagan nations. The pagan nations, by and large, God had talked about war crimes, and now Israel, Israel, is extorting people. Israel is selling the poor for a pair of sandals. They sell the righteous for silver. And even more immoral and unethical behavior that Amos thankfully doesn't paint as vivid a picture as he certainly could have for some of it. Um, talking about seizing, <laughs> seizing collateral and then using that collateral as a bed for adultery. And a lot of those details that he thankfully glosses over but he definitely touches on it with enough, with enough truth and with enough detail that it just makes you cringe. Like, oh my goodness, this is what the chosen nation of gods was doing. 
is what the people who refused to listen to the Word of God, who had turned their backs on the Word of God, who had wanted to silence the prophets, this is what they are doing. Um, the sin of Israel is, yes, it's, it's a bit of social injustice in an affluent society. It's exploiting and oppressing the needy and the poor and the afflicted. Um, the rich and powerful are doing this. They should have been taking care of the, the oppressed and the afflicted and the needy, but instead they're using them for even more gain. And it's stunning though, that Amos's words against Israel, um, even though he is strong on those social injustices, his, his words are even more pointed when we get to the topic of religion, that the victim of injustice is the righteous. Looking at verse six, um, they sell the righteous for silver. The Israelite living under the blessing and the claim of the covenant which the Lord has made with Israel. This is a believer. They sell the righteous. This is exactly what Amos has been building up to. He had talked about all the other nations and he had talked about the ungrateful and and the sinful things that they had done in warfare in you know burning down the other city and dividing up Gilead with iron sledges but then when he gets to Israel he says you have turned your back you have committed adultery and idolatry you have you have treated my believers shamefully and so what do we see from this what do we learn from this from Amos zooming in on this particular sin. They have the word of God, and they rejected him. Among all the sins that they could have done and carried out, their greatest one was not the social injustice of their day. Their greatest one was not extorting the poor. Their greatest one was not even straight-up adultery. The greatest sin that they committed was turning their back on that word of God and not listening to that word of God. And the warning for you and for me is that we have that word of God. And yes, in a sense, the standard is higher for a believer. In a sense, the standard is higher because your conscience has been informed by that word of God and you and I will be held more accountable. Those to whom much has been given, from whom much will be expected. But at the same time, think of the joy that you and I have. Think of the blessed status that you and I have to be called children of God, and that is what we are. Think of the status as righteous people in God's sight, and um, think of the fellowship that we have with our Lord and the ability that we have to call upon his name, to pray, praise, and give thanks, to thank him for everything, and to pray and have him listen and answer. All those blessings that we dare not take for granted, all those blessings that we dare not hide from our children, rather, blessings that we can talk about with our children, blessings that we can demonstrate for our children, blessings that we can participate together with, <laughs> with our children. And so, what does this all mean? Of all the blessings that our Lord has given to you and poured into your life, the greatest blessing is the forgiveness of sins, and where there is forgiveness of sins, life and salvation. And even if you or I are living in a society that would resemble Israel, where the government um, purposely seeks out and extorts the poor, and there is social injustice all around, where 
the government or the populace would be ones who would try to silence the word of the prophet and force the the believer, the Nazarite, to break his vow, even if that were the case, that we were living in such a place. Dear friends, let us not lose sight of the Lord who loves you. Let us not lose sight of the word that he has given to us. But most of all, let us hold on to it and confess it freely, because yes, it is true that the light shines brightest in a dark place. This time and this day is not a day for wringing of hands and worrying about what will the world look like or what kind of a world will my children grow up in. That is not the time and the place for it right now. Right now is the time to rejoice. We are under the Lord's favor and we have the opportunity to encourage one another with this truth, with the truth that the Lord has loved us and he has continued to build his church and his church will stand even beyond the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not overcome it. And so as you go about your day, what, what does this look like? What does this look like? Find that loved one of yours, whether it's a, a friend, a spouse, a child, and talk to them. Do you know what it really means to be a Christian? Talk to them. Tell your children a little bit of, you know, maybe a sacrifice that you have had to make for your faith or an opportunity that you had to speak up or even the way that somebody looked at you when when they learned what you believed. Whatever it is, find some way to put it into words today so that we can continue to rejoice in and enjoy the fellowship that we share, not just as people who are related to each other or, you know, married to each other or enjoy each other's company, but as people who also have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, our Savior, and who enjoy this fellowship together before the throne of our God. Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. We'll see you tomorrow with Amos chapter three. God bless your day.